welcome back to another episode of Artistic State of Mind. I am Jules. And I am Charma. It's another week. It another is day. Indeed. Yeah, another yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. As we record outside, it is pouring it down. Pouring Absolute it down. buckets. It's actually insane. Yeah. It's, like, it's, I, like, it's not the one. I was saying to someone, my friend who's currently living in Dubai, very jealous. He was like, I was like, so how's the weather? It's like, it's really hot. I don't even have to worry about you the weather. You know what? My dad lives in Saudi Arabia. He's lived there for the last two years, yeah. And he absolutely mugs it. So basically, he'll send pictures in a family group chat. Goes, oh, did it this week. Oh, <laughs> the temperatures got cold. It's dropped below 25 degrees. And I'm like, come on. Oh, and, and we're, this, this we're has been here. a solid two years yeah. of him doing this. So the joke, the joke gets pretty old pretty quickly. Yeah, and we're here suffering mm-hmm. with the rain and the cold. It's just like I'm not ready for winter. I in don't fact, think I'm suited for winter, to be honest. Nah. In fact, when my dad listens to this podcast, he'll probably send another joke. <laughs> it will just for another kind of like trust me, trust another me. picture of the sunset or like a little video saying, "Oh, it's, it's it's cold, cold out here." It's only twenty five. <laughs> Oh, is. That's hilarious. But how has your week been? You know what? It's 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 been going. I've been in kind of uh what I call functional mode, just trying to go go go, and you know, try to tick stuff off. Yeah, my imaginary to do list. I think I think that's uh, maybe it's the, the the dark has gotten me. You know, trying to be like that. I don't know. There's yeah. there's, there's a lot going on in here in the cranium the cranium the we- area do you know what yeah the weather does play on kind of like your kind of like emotional yeah. psyche and yeah. kind of like I feel like when it's a lot warmer when the sun is out you know the energy's there you I'm have- a happier guy when the sun's out yeah me too yeah me too and kind of yeah the weather does really play it does on yeah. everything but yeah how have you been Juliana? I've been I've been good I've been alright this week well this week it started off very very busy at work as per usual um, but I'm trying to kind of like focus on my other kind of like activities like writing and trying to shoot a film and all of that stuff I finally did some admin work towards like trying to shoot my film because basically I had a producer attached and then the producer said he couldn't do it so I'm literally producing written it and directing it triple threat triple threat trying to be a triple threat and stuff so there's a lot of work that i'm having to do but i've had to push the shoot dates which gives me a little bit more time to kind of like do everything and then for christmas i have two weeks off so that gives me even more time to focus on the project you but, said the c word way huh? you said the c word way. well we might as well the lights are up everybody well, lights are, where where the lights are well the christmas light the christmas lights in regent street oh yeah they're up i don't go them sides i haven't been to like a shopping center or anything like that i've seen like uh, supermarkets and that I've got their Christmas decorations up yeah some people at work uh, at cafeteria at work I've got their uh, Christmas I decorations just, I up I feel like it's really early it's be- do it's you know early. what yeah I walked past like my area and someone you know those people like certain areas like you can really tell certain areas they have the big massive like Christmas bow outside their door oh yeah okay yeah I've yeah. seen one already and I was like oh tacky I was <laughs> just like oh god yeah by Give the time the, the next show comes up it will be time oh yeah now- definitely I think it's just way too early yeah. But some people, a lot of people you'll be surprised love Christmas in the UK. Oh, no, I'm not love surprised at all. Love Christmas. I'm not surprised at all. The thing is, yeah, I actually do love Christmas. I just don't love Christmas before December. You <laughs> when it hits December, when it hits then... December, I'm I'm all I'm all oh, in for it. Exactly. But before it makes then, more sense, right? before then, it's just like, can everybody ease up? Uh, a exactly. Bit, you know? Can can you not remind me that potentially we have six weeks left until Christmas, and you just think, yeah, oh, six, six or seven weeks, and you think, is, what? No. How? Yeah, people people are doing too much. People yeah, too way much. too much. But we're here. You know, we're still November, guys. Let's live and enjoy November. Let's not rush things. You know, exactly. There exactly. We go. Let's take a, live in the moment. Take a tease in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that one. So what's been happening? Um, what's the downbeat? Give us the latest. What's been going on? Okay, so I'll tell you what I've been uh getting into, uh, or what I've been listening to this week, music-wise. Cool. But before I do that, there's something I... Uh, uh, <laughs> Jill Scott, Miss Jilly from Philly. Did you see... The video yes. or the clip. To be fair with you, no, I didn't. You didn't. I've just not, I've not been in the social boy, sphere. Boy, 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 boy. I heard some things oh, about yeah, what did you it. Hear? I heard some wild things, how she was doing stuff to the microphone. People, I mean, listen. That insinuated something completely Whee! very kind of like R-rated. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's. 
If you haven't seen it, just go and 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 I don't even know what kind of search terms to put in it. because certain search <laughs> terms will bring up a Jill whole Scott, different. Jill Scott looking like she's giving the microphone a blowjob. Yeah. Pretty much. And whatever <laughs> comes up in your search engine, that's on you. you <laughs> Good understand? luck with that. But my, but so the thing was, the thing was, it caused a lot of weird reaction on Twitter. Okay. So there were some people being like, "Oh, you lot don't really want to get ahead of Jill Scott." Well, okay. What is that I don't know. To mean? <laughs> I don't know which lot that is, <laughs> but I am not included in that Venn diagram. Okay. John was like, "Nah, I mean, I'm I about know, that life." I don't know which lot that is. I'm about saying that, that life. Miss Jilly from Philly has been fine from day. Yeah, so, boy, I don't, I don't know what they're not talking about there. Um, and then the other interesting thing was people seeming surprised, like they didn't expect that of Jill Scott. I'm listening, thinking, have you listened to any Jill Scott music? Or, right? yeah, like I feel like Do you know what? Yeah, mu- like Jill Scott has got like a beautiful, sexy kind of like aura about her, and she makes pretty. Sexy music Not sex, sexual music Music that isn't actually That thinly veiled In terms yeah. of what it means She makes grown folk music Exactly And has done for a long time wow. So I think I think she was trying to remind you people That I make grown folk music So I'm gonna give you a grown folk Kind yeah. of like Spectacular Yeah There's know? probably a deeper conversation uh, To do with her being a bigger woman And not being seen as a sexual being Yeah but that's that's for a different that's day. A, that says a, a lot about podcast. us. But yeah, that's I that think is that good. is really when it when it comes down to it. Both yeah. of those statements of oh, you know, she's actually not hot, or yeah, we don't expect that from Jill Scott. They all come down to that that one kind of you know thing. Exactly. We have a sidetrack, but you know that popped up in the music world, and I was like, oh, this is so stupid. Um, <laughs> new albums from Anderson Pack called Oxnard and Mariah Carey I got into this week Anderson Pack album you know what I need to, it's one of the ones I need to listen to again because I I started listening to it it's a bad time to listen when I was doing dishes yeah, so no, 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 no. it's a bad it's a bad time to bad start listening time. to an album because it all just flowed into sounding like one long track uh, yeah. we were talking about the one long track thing yeah, just a second exactly. ago which is, is, is sometimes it's good if you're just trying to get a vibe for mm. something but when you're trying to get into the intricacies, the crinkum crankum. And really of, hearing the bases uh, and the uh, hearing the, and the yeah, lyrics, especially. Exactly, yeah. Uh especially of a um hip hop album. It's like Anderson. Yeah, it was it was something that I need to give a few more, you know, let it marinate properly, season it, put it in the fridge, mm. and come check it in the morning. Smell exactly. It. <sighs> Fresh. Is that good to go into the <laughs> oven? Yeah, it's ready. It's ready. I liked it though. Um I saw, I think someone on Twitter said it's got very black exploitation type of vibe. So if you're into that, um, Isaac Hayes, um, okay. 70s era, but imagine that with hip hop. If you're into black exploitation, anything black exploitation, um, then it's probably something that you've been to. If you like Anderson Pack in general, it's something you like. Uh, but yeah, I personally need to listen to it a little bit more, let it marinate. One album I didn't have to let marinate though, and I didn't think I'd like it. As much as I do mm-hmm. Is Caution Mariah Carey's new joint Okay I thought I'd be like mm, You know I thought I thought she would try Too much to sound Too much of the zeitgeist You know Too Modern R&B And end mm. up Not sounding like Mariah Carey at all But I was it, foolish To think that I was foolish to think Mariah Carey would do anything Did you get nostalgia Mariah Carey Do you know what That's the thing is I wouldn't say nostalgia It, it did sound like an album from 2018 But an album from 2018 That Mariah Carey would make So okay. I didn't think This is someone Who's making it I okay. still thought It was she like was Mariah still being Her true but authentic this, Yeah self. but it didn't sound Like Mariah In 1997 Oh yeah We if, we, were, we will never get that Mariah Because we're not In 1997 <laughs> True But yeah That that album actually Had a few bangers Like from the first time I listened to it I heard the title track Caution first And I was like Hmm might have to give this a listen and then listen to the whole thing and yeah i've been loving that that's 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 what 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 can you tell us about our film and the television actually going back to the music actually because oh yeah what josie's talking music again no i'm not talking music i'm just going back because someone recommended addison pack as being kind of like that's a good album so to listen to yeah so i might give it a try give it give it a go i'm not really like a hip-hop head Mm. um and last 
kind of hip hop music I've listened to. The only kind of hip hop artist that I thoroughly enjoy listening to is J. Cole. And I haven't listened in a while. So I might give it a try. Who knows? Yeah. I might be utterly surprised. You just got a new track out oh, with um Ari Lennox, I believe. Yes. Yeah. She's the she's the singer label. She's the singer under the label Dreamville. Yeah. I believe. So yeah. You might want to listen to that if you yeah. want to get some new J. Cole in your life. Probably. But I might, I'll, I'll definitely Check give Check out Anderson Pack though Anderson Pack for sure Yeah, so in other news mm-hmm. This one's actually quite different But it, it falls under the category of like film and TV So Three Mantle, which is a production company Have opened a scripted podcast label You know, first thing is first Like this, the podcast world is definitely taking over mm-hmm. And I love the idea that it's spilling into kind of You know, the whole, you know, not linear But more digital space in the sense that it's coming to TV And coming to film and it's becoming more scripted If that yeah. makes sense um, So they've opened opened a scripted podcast startup And it's re- and they've revealed their first two projects The, the company has launched um, Story Glass which is a partnership between its Story Glass banner in the UK and the company's global um, drama division. Um, so it's going to be commissioning and developing original script audio ideas from a range of storytellers from around the world. And it's going to be led by creative director um, Robert Delamere, who wrote and actually directed Hang Ups, the UK's adapt- adaptation of um, Lisa Caldrow's um, web therapy which is actually a really good show so i'm looking forward to what they potentially have so the two projects that they're planning um to start off with which they've commissioned is director's cut which is a working title and baby it's cold outside um delamere kind of pretty much said podcasting is a great space to develop and test new ideas with audiences and the market is wide open for imagine imagination imagination can't talk imagination grabbing drama series Fremantle with its storytelling expertise is a unique in a new unique position to attract groundbreaking talent and deliver great content to global audiences so what's your thoughts on this because I think it's quite interesting because I I thought to myself I don't know why a production company hasn't thought of this because a lot of like we hear how podcasts are taking over you know a lot of people are using their time to listen to podcasts nowadays so the fact that they're coming into this kind of like world Mm. what is your thoughts on it and so just to you know explain a scripted podcast is essentially a podcast that it's basically a radio drama yeah that's it yeah Yeah. that's it a radio drama it's basically a radio Um, drama so they i know that in america they have gotten into the scripted podcast mm-hmm. world. Yes. Um, so it sounds like very, like I haven't listened to any of them yet. I've listened to them heavily advertised on American podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard it, I thought. So what kind of, script, what scripted podcast have you so, heard of? So one of them, I can't remember what the name is, but basically it follows like, is it essentially an asylum? Like, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. It follows uh, an asylum and uh some kind of mis like mistreatment and um medical that's it medical experiments unethical slash ethical I think the I've gray hair of of, yes. of ethical experiments and another thing that I've um seen which I guess these are to an extent scripted um are podcast documentaries mm. so one I've heard of is called the Happy Face Killer which and serial as well yeah serial's kind of like a podcast yeah. documentary yeah 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 um so that face killer is like oh, it's a really interesting premise it's um this woman is the daughter of a serial killer mm-hmm. and that was you know they like to give serial killers names like nicknames and stuff mm-hmm. which is super weird but that's what it was known as happy face killer and she like kind of you know talks about her life with her dad and whether she sees traits of her dad in her and all the rest of it. Mm. But what, what do I think about it? Yes, it's something that... So a lot of the people who write these are actually um, film script, like they've come from the world of film, writing mm-hmm. scripts for film. So to write them in podcasts, essentially it's it's the same tools that you use. Obviously you, have, you yeah. rely much, much more heavily on the dialogue element because mm-hmm. you don't have, you know... Well, you're not shooting anything. So it's pretty much all the dialogue element. But for a writer and for actors, it's something, it's a, it's a, 
It's a place to develop your skills. And who knows if this kind of world of scripted podcasts keeps going, it could actually be a place where thinking, instead of thinking this as of it as somewhere to develop my skills as a, you know, a screenplay writer, mm-hmm. it could become a space that actually you are, you, this, this is it. This is where your skills then belong mm. or another string to the bow. So in one world, I use more, um, a more sparse dialogue because I don't have to describe everything, you know, mm-hmm. in the film world, it'll be, you know, more shown, not tell. And then in the, um, in the podcast, scripted podcast world, if you wanted to write something that's a bit more verbose, something that you actually want to have uh, a longer uh, script, more basically spoken dialogue, mm-hmm. you can go into that world. So, um, yeah, and the barrier to entry is relative, well, is potentially lower as well for yeah. talent to uh, push themselves forward. So it's interesting to see how it goes, what ideas uh, Fremantle in the future um bring and develop with this project but for the most part i think it's a good thing exciting yeah. thing interesting thing obviously we're in the podcast world so mm-hmm. we want to see this world grow yeah we are in the quote-unquote creative space i yeah, guess absolutely so we want to see particularly black creatives taking over everything yeah in this space. so I, i'm excited for, about it and you in you saying that kind of like this space opens the world for like, you know, screenwriters or playwriters. Um, Baby It's Cold Outside is actually going to be written, is written by the um, writer of Murdered by My Boyfriend. Oh yeah, I saw um, that one. Um... Regina, I can't say her name. Regina Morality? Is that how I say it? I I, I have to read it. Let me see. Is Probably it? not. If you if you pronounced it. Yeah, yeah. more, more. I would, I I'd, I'd say Morati. Morati, Morati, yeah. There I'll we go, that. Regina Morati. Um, so you know they are writers that, that are kind of already screenwriters. Yeah, that are, you know, doubling up to be. Podcast I mean, yeah, writers. the skill, the skill. I can't imagine the skill it's, being. Yeah, it's transferable. So, yeah, you know, exactly. writing is writing. You know, what I mean, at the end of the day, exactly. So, um, but yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm interested to see whether other like production companies also jump on this idea. I kind of hope not because then it takes away that, like one of the things I said is that lower barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. Um, all that will do is kind of push that higher and higher and higher um, and make it uh, potentially more difficult. What will happen is quality will go up. I think you have to look at YouTube as an example of this. Mm. Um, YouTube, quality of content on YouTube has gone through the roof from mm. when YouTube started. Yeah. Um, and in order to get noticed, you need to uh, upload better quality stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, then it's more difficult, you know. You yeah. need to have more skills in terms of editing. You need to have better equipment in terms of camera and yeah. audio. So it's not uh, as you anymore as it used to be. So yeah. I don't really want big production companies, particularly, getting into this field anytime soon. You'll be surprised if it's if it if it if bangs, it, they won't just sit back and watch it bang. It, of course. Well, to be honest with you, it's a business, so mm-hmm. you know if it's gonna pocket a lot of money, money after making yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So do you know what it is? I think if it's quite a few that if it's done well mm. and it's done right, yeah. then well, well and right is the same thing. Um, then I don't have no qualms of it. Yeah. I think it's it gives more opportunities for writers yeah. to kind of get into that space of writing. And it it you know, it's a new challenge. And I guess I guess but then the question poses, but we won't go into this question, what what then happens to radio drama? Our radio drama died a long time ago. Radio is You'll be radio. surprised. You'll be surprised. Radio is A lot of people dead. still... Radio is dead. The older generation still listen to radio. And they're going to be dead. So, oh my God, I should <laughs> oh not have God. said that. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Moving so, on swiftly. Yeah, the, the, the world of... Oh, this is TV actually. So, Netflix this is something that isn't new. Like it's existed, but it's just been kind of uncovered. Uh, there is a series of films called Pioneers of African-American Cinema. So if you've got Netflix or have borrowed someone's uh, login, um, this is something to actually look up. So it's twenty. It's a series, quote-unquote series, of 20 African-American films made between 1915 and 1946, all available on Netflix. They range between, I think the shortest one is about 20 minutes. Uh, the longest one is... Uh, about 75 but they're all roughly in the space of about an hour and i say series quote unquote series because they're not interconnected like they're not 
it's not some linear thing that follows one after one the other story. story. They're yeah. all self-contained, self-made. It's not like even like a Black Mirror thing that self. It's, they're all they're all telling their own story. It's more of a compilation. Okay. Uh, under a so it's basically like a a playlist. Oh, so it's more yeah. yeah. So it's more like a box set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a box set is usually one series that you just True. yeah. It's more like a playlist type okay. of thing. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. Of course, everything. When is that coming out? It's on there. You can just look at it now. Oh, is it? Yeah, wow. like and I'm saying, it... if you've got Netflix, just boom, it's there. Is it just African American? Yeah, films, yeah, yeah. Or are we talking African? No, cinema? pioneers of African American, uh, African American films. So, I mean, mm. that's that's what it is. I feel like, uh, it was interesting to see the titles and the blurbs of some of the stuff. Because some of the stories seemed, you know, quite funny. Some of them seemed. Uh, one of them that stood out to me, um, uh, mixed race passing, no, a mixed race woman who's a uh, white passing, uh, falls in love with a black man who thinks she's white. And then the KK obviously find out about this in their eyes, mm-hmm. interracial relationship and lose their nut. And that's the that's the film. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. So there's quite, in fact, there's quite a few uh, blurbs there about people passing black people passing mm-hmm. um one of them had like uh did you ever watch the boondocks no oh my I god so really there's a character called, called, called uncle ruckus yeah he's uh, familiar you know uncle ruckus right yeah yeah so if you know uncle ruckus this film basically sounded like an uncle ruckus thing so there's a passing no there's a mixed race man and then a black man who is convinced that he is white or something like that oh yeah like, like, like i said this is the the Jim Crow era So Damn it Yeah really is. But it's interesting That a lot of things there Were described as comedy um, And I would like to know more About how these people Even got a chance To be making film Back in Well because back, back in the in day They times. weren't so PC They literally just mm. told the stories Oh yeah but uh, Yeah yeah but How did black people Get the opportunity To make films Because You know Oh I see what know, you mean Yeah mm. we're still talking About that same stuff And no, we'll be later yeah, on exactly. And uh, that's, that's what That's very true 1915 was 103 years ago yeah oh wow yeah progress. but you know what um i think it's a good thing like i i probably will check i, I probably will i most likely will check it out mm. so i think we'll probably definitely share it i think i think if Actually, you're we're not sharing it because netflix ain't it's netflix are you giving us coins no no so we'll um you'll uh, find it you find it and you, you know what to look for um i think if you're interested in like Film and you know Black film and film diversity Is worth checking out Yeah uh, I guess for a context Of where we are It's important to know Where we are mm-hmm. And not always assume That we are going forward Or going forward slowly Sometimes you find out that Actually maybe we're going backwards In yeah. certain in certain areas um, So it's just, I think that's a good reason If you're interested in Film and black film And, and you're maybe a black filmmaker Or black uh, film like Lover it's, int- it's very important To kind mm-hmm. of know The whole context of that yeah. Um. Another, this is Netflix and BBC again. So, uh, Chiltel Ejiofor, uh, who you you will know from Twelve Years a Slave, uh, and Love Actually too. I think of the biggest roles he's had. He's doing other stuff, of course. Um, he is making his director directorial. It's my turn to forget to speak. <laughs> debut. Uh, he is adapting a book called The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Uh, and it's based on a true story. So um, a Malawian boy created a windmill to power his family home. Um, there's more to the blurb than that, but that is in and of itself yeah. Yeah, a pretty kind of amazing um, amazing concept for a film. Like he's, 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 So he's basically a poor kid, gets kicked out of school because his family can't afford to pay school fees. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously his family, family are poor, struggling. He's quote-unquote uneducated mm. and then builds a, a windmill to power his family home so that's pretty, that sounds like a dope story yeah to tell. Pretty incredible it's a pretty incredible story and yeah. it's gonna be it's i think it's either currently still being filmed or in post-production and it's going to be on the bbc in 2019 in the uk and the rest of the world is going to be on netflix okay yeah and that's called the boy who harnessed the wind so 2019 look out for that one Cool. Theatre. Huge news. Huge yes, news. This one is a big one. Yeah, yeah. And it shook me to my core in like, you know when you get an email and you just went, oh. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? But I was like, but what? In a like, good, good way. way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't like a, oh my God, what the fuck? It was more yeah. like, oh my God, I this thought is I misread. Sick. I thought I misread, but in a good way as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. I was like, Dude, is this a spelling error yeah. or thing? But yeah, anyway, that's, I, that's, uh, but crazy. anyway, um, 
amazing theatre news, Lynette Linton has been appointed the artistic director of the London Bush Theatre. Amazing. First of all, can we just clap for Lynette? Yes, That's just like well done, Lynette. Super, super, super dope. Because, like, the Bush... And the thing is, we spoke highly. Like we did the episode when I was away. Yeah, yeah when you we were. were yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. We spoke about it, and we spoke about the bush being kind of like one of those places that will make that change. We when believed it comes, in the bush. Yes, we believed in the bush, and it would be one of those theaters that becomes the pioneer of mm-hmm. like the changing, the changing face of theater mm-hmm. and becoming more diverse, diverse and more inclusive. And look how quick that. And happens. look, look how quick that is. Look at that. I am super excited. So Lynette Linton has been appointed the new artistic director. Of the Bush Theatre, she will be replacing Madani Yolonis. Yo, Yolonis. Wow! I tried. Madani Yunis. Madani Yunis. Yeah, we'll we'll go with whichever. Someone will correct us. Um, who is leaving um, the L- West London venue to become the creative director at the South Bank Centre? So some of you might know that um, Lynette um, was the former resident associate. Director at the Donmar Warehouse And is the associate director at the Gate currently And she will be taking over the role in January So that's great, great news She's currently actually directing mm. um, Sweat at the Donmar And she's then going to go off to co-direct Richard II at the Shakespeare Globe So my girl is booked and busy Booked and busy booked I saw and busy. one of her shows um, oh God, the name escapes me uh, it was at Was it at the Dodmar? No, it wasn't at the Dodmar It wasn't uh, the Alcola Oh, hashtag lighty Hashtag lighty That's yep. it Which she, I actually, think she wrote that as well, didn't Yeah, she? she did And we yeah. actually had the cast Come here And come on Artistic State of Mind to Oh, talk oh about before it, so. before my time Yes but BC, was, before Chow Bow yeah. <laughs> wow um but yeah no it's like super super great to see a woman of color mm. um kind of like just doing kind of like an artistic director yeah. of a very Bush. well-respected, well-respected theater, theater. Uh, like, very you know, i don't like, like to use the word progressive but you know one of those theaters that you know they're about it basically yeah uh, and also um yeah a, a theater that it's not the biggest, but it's one of it's it's of significant weighting. Absolutely, in the industry, that means something. You know, when For she sure. walks into rooms now, she's artistic director of the Look, bush yeah. that holds weight. I'm AD holds, of the bush, trust B. Me, that holds a lot. Of I'm weight. AD of the bush, B. Exactly. Say something. Do you know what uh, I mean? And it's just it's just beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful to see our people working hard and yeah. and, and getting reward for their for their hard work Absolutely. and for their for their grinding and yeah it's just it's a beautiful thing to see when i saw yeah. it i thought that was one of the best pieces of news i've seen for sure uh, it a long time like you see people uh you know to some extent you know directing obviously you had ife who's made her um writing uh, writing debut. debut we had atlanta Iron who's made her writing debut as well both having full in france so it's it's beautiful to see mm-hmm. um yeah in the theater world which and me think, and you are both like big into it's just beautiful to see yeah progress and i think what as well is just that not to say i didn't see, i couldn't imagine it happening currently in my time like it's gonna happen to when i was dead but it was just one of these things like you know when you don't realize it would be something that you'd hear mm. in 2018 yeah do you get what I'm saying? So that's why there was, it was a shock of like, wow, this is amazing to have such good news towards the end of the year. Yeah. You know, I'm really excited to see what she's going to come. Um, I'm super, super her excited. First, her first full season, I think, uh, is something that, yeah. We a probably, lot of people will be looking forward we'll to. Probably, we'll probably yeah. dedicate a whole program to it, to be honest, a whole yeah. show to it. And to be honest with you, you know me, I'm about to cap some tickets Trust. for everything. Oh, yeah, I'll be like, ooh, ticket Lynette, for if that. you're listening, Thank you for the tickets in, in the it? Hook us up in it. Do you know what I mean? Much appreciated Jeez. for the people there. Well, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get her on the show. That'll yeah, be quite that, good, actually. Be, Do you know what? I'm going to hit her up. I'll get her on the show. We'll work our magic. Definitely. <laughs> in other news, what's, what else has been happening theatre-wise, actually? Winston Pinnock? Yes. She won the 2018 um, Alfred um, Fa- Fa- is it Fa- Fagan. Fagan Award. So this is kind of like a prestigious award every year. Um, I can't remember who won it last year. 
No, so you're asking the wrong one. I was going to say not Charlene, Charlene James, who wrote cutting it. I think that was a couple of years ago. Um, but she's won this year's award for her Rockets and Blue Lights. Yeah, so it's best new play by a Black British writer. Yes. Ah, so that's what the award is for. There yeah. we go. Um, oh God, I was about to sneeze. I was about to sneeze. Sorry, guy. Um, so she was presented the award by the Eclipse Theatre Artistic Director Dawn Walton at the ceremony um, at the National Theatre in London. Um, the award is actually in its twenty-second year, and it's kind of we all know it's in memory of an actor and playwright, Alfred Fagan, um, who died in 1986. So some people might be familiar with Winston's um, kind of work. Her other work includes Leave Taking, which was at the bush. Oh, yeah. Look at See, that. See, there we go. It comes around. It's all intertwining. Um, the Wind of Change, um, and then also various various others and um, Winston um, Winston has gone on to say she's very proud to accept the award and she's a grateful to all the people who have supported her over the years um it's kind of great that there's awards like this for mm. like black playwrights um because we are a talented bunch yeah and recognition definitely matters exactly. very important and it's good to see um um, kind of like these awards kind of happening and, and we should celebrate ourselves And give yeah. meaning to the things that we've set up To celebrate ourselves Not Absolutely. just in theatre but mm-hmm. you know I could go into a run but I'm holding it back yeah. Holding it in yeah. But yeah it's very important to celebrate ourselves And it's good to also see that And also to congratulate also um, Quite a few people that were on the long The long list of the award so they were shortlisted yeah um, i know a couple of people that were on that shortlist so you know it's great to kind of see like people that i know who are up and coming mm. you know like this doesn't this doesn't deter them it's kind of just like this is just the start of their yeah. career and look where they've got to so it's super super dope so i'm kind of like this is exciting times yeah definitely to, to a certain extent it, it's an exciting time look i'm gonna just take it it's a win it's a win I mean? it's a big win big, big, big it's big a win. big big win so yeah so that's kind of like pretty much what's been happening yeah so we tried to wrap through that really quickly. real quick so real moving quick. on to the, what, the topic for the week the topic of the week is that you you have a couple of like films yeah that are so, coming out yeah there's a few there's a few uh black films coming out uh black cinema coming out uh so two films that are currently playing uh, one is The Hate You Give. You've probably seen uh, posters for this on the buses everywhere. It's been pretty well advertised. I uh, have a qualm with that. Oh, okay. I do. Okay. We'll go into that. So later. basically the premise is uh, that girl, she lives in poor neighborhood that's predominantly black. And she goes to a prep school, which is predominantly white. She witnesses a, witnesses a fatal shooting. And then both sides of her worlds are kind of, you know, giving her pressure to essentially, I think it's that kind of take sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and Widows is also currently playing as well. Uh, that's directed by Steve McQueen, who directed Torvi as a Slave, uh, and starring Viola Davis and Cynthia Bevo. Actually, got to shout her out. Oh, and Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya as well. Kaluuya, got, yeah, yeah, sorry. Got to shout him out as well. Um, I want to shout out Cynthia because you know, she's a theatre. Yeah, yes. one of us. Yeah, she be doing bits on Broadway. Absolutely. And one, she, I think she was won a Tony as well. Yeah, yeah. She has, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, important to celebrate ourselves. So, uh, widows. The premises are uh, a shootout leaves uh, four thieves dead uh, in a robbery in Chicago, and their widows, hence the name of the film, have to uh, basically find a way of paying off the debt that their dead husbands are left behind. Uh, then upcoming films got Creed 2, directed by Ryan Coogler, starring Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson. Basically, if you watch Creed 1, it's the sequel. If you don't know what Creed is and you know what Rocky is, it's Rocky, but black. Uh, and then Sorry to Bother You, which looks hilarious, actually. Um, directed by Boots Riley, who's a like, rapper slash director slash avant-garde type guy. Filmmaker, um, yeah. Yeah, starring uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Like, if you don't, haven't heard the name Lakeith Stanfield, you recognise him because he's basically the guy in Get Out yeah, wearing and, the hat. And he's in Atlanta. And he's in Atlanta as well. Yeah. So even if you've seen none of those, you've definitely seen, seen him, him in meme form. Yes. And, or, or gif form. You've yeah. seen him. Uh, and other people who are in it are Jermaine Flower, Terry Crews, Obara Hadwick, Danny Glover as well. Um, basically, it's White Voice, the movie. Guy works at a call centre. He's getting, you know, no... Uh, no business Danny Glover tells him You gotta put on your white voice 
And he puts on his white voice and starts doing very well. And he's kind of exploring all of that. The the code switching. Code switching. Yeah. That's 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 the official phrase of it. Yeah. Code switching. Uh, firstly, I want to hear what, what your issues with the hit you give her. Because that's got to be relevant to what we're talking about. Okay. I think it's just to, not necessarily to do with the actual play or play. I mean, not to actually... Film? Do, not, not necessarily the film. The movie? Yeah. I'm more... I'm more a little bit taken aback at the fact that they darkened Amanda Steinberg. Steinberg. Steinberg, yeah. Steinberg. 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 Yeah. In the posters. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you know that she's a little bit lighter than that. Mm. And they've kind of like darkened her a little bit. And I just felt like it was just kind of like, where were they going with this? And also not to say that as a black woman, she, I don't know. I don't know too much about the story, mm. but I had the opportunity to go to like um, an event where the writer had spoken about the book, the actual author of the book that yeah. you give. Um, and she spoke about the project and um, how much it meant to her and the importance of kind of like, um, you know, police brutality and kind of just like this, this, this world mm. so i don't know i think maybe in my head i pictured a dark-skinned young girl playing mm. this character if yeah. that makes sense and it felt like okay when they announced amanda uh amanda, amanda, amanda yeah amanda yes i was like oh great okay that's great and then when i saw the post i was like what are they trying to do here mm. what, what what what's going on here so i don't know i think as well I was a little bit frustrated because the author was also given her rights away for the film. Mm. So she had no creative control at yeah. all. So it would have been interesting to see if she had creative control and whether she would have agreed, not necessarily agreed, would she have agreed with that casting mm. and potentially who was responsible for the darkening of her if yeah. that makes sense do you get what i'm saying yeah. i don't know what they would that's well, how would was, they feel about it how would yeah, they feel about but i was just like i was a bit kind of like hmm, yeah. what are you trying and we to had, do we here had Atlanta in the studio talking about something very similar in terms of being a writer and seeing your work um as, as a black woman seeing that not reflected back in the yeah. work that you've created the, the reason you created it not being reflected uh back um and this kind of goes to so that's the hate you give this a few comments on a similar thing have come out with um widows so viola davis has been talking about uh she gave a long interview in the guardian i think some film clips of this have come out about not being able to access roles like the one she have she has in widows so it's not a political film in any real way, sense or form. It's, it's just it's, a it's, film. It's, it's, yeah, it's basically a heist movie mm -hmm. that stars two black women. One of them kind of known in the theatre world and seen as an up-and-coming film actress. The other one is Viola Davis, mm. who's an Oscar winner. And uh, if, you, if you followed her career, I think it's pretty safe to say she has played very stereotypical... Uh, black woman roles. They're not necessarily positive uh, mm. stereotypes of, of black woman roles in... Her most iconic roles in The Help. She was basically uh, one of those mammy type maids mm -hmm. uh, in... Um, what's, what's, she won the Oscar for Fences. Yeah, I was going to say Fences. Yeah, for yeah. Fences, where she's basically the this, hurt black woman. Yeah, the hurt black woman. Yeah, yeah. She, the, the strong hurt black woman trying to hold her family together. Mm -hmm. And she's, yeah, she basically spoken about how roles like the one that she had in... Um, in Widows are the type of roles that she feels that she should be getting more. Um, and one statement she did make, which is essentially the question we're, we're posing, is um, that a role that's written without any kind of... A role that doesn't have to necessarily be a black woman. Mm -hmm. Why aren't more black women considered for those roles? Well, that's basically essentially what she said mm -hmm. um if the script literally says you know four women commit a bank robbery to repay the debts of their husband mm -hmm. or um four three women are <laughs> love flipping yeah, shopping and exactly or four women in university having the best time of their lives oh yeah yeah you that's know? it four women in university that's a better example four women in university have the best time. But I was trying to I was, I was trying to think of a way of describing sex in the city 
Oh but yeah. With just women, but I couldn't yeah. just say like full black women sex in the city. Why does that not happen more often, particularly in um cinema movies? Yeah, in and cinema. Yeah. yeah. And I think you we were talking about this like earlier today. Yeah. And and Jules, you said that colorblind casting could be um blind casting. Blind casting. So is that the same thing as colorblind casting, blind casting? I don't know if the I don't I don't know what that is. I actually because I actually thought of the two as a, as interchangeable. I don't know but explain what you meant by blind so casting. So blind casting is um a new well, it's not really a new initiative, but a lot of casting directors, rather than kind of send when they send out casting calls, they don't specifically look at a particular skin color mm. they really want to see people of variation if yeah. that makes sense and kind of base it on the person's the individual's talent and mm. what they bring in regards to their audition and whatever so it's no longer like we want you to fit this look that we have mm. in our brain it's mm. rather that we want to see whether we can fit you, you around into the role exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense so that's the whole premise of mm. color blind casting or blind casting if yeah. that makes sense um so a lot of casting directors i don't know if because i don't work in talent management anymore so i'm not really kind of like into that but i know that was something that was kind of like an initiative that took off just before i left yeah and it'll be interesting to see how um they are going with that and if that's something that they currently do but that's always a question because i know in theater some of the theaters are trying to do that in the theater space mm. i don't know how it is for hollywood and yeah. cinema and films for the most part like if you just look at the, the the plots of the films i i read um black characters uh and black women in those films are pretty much you you wouldn't you wouldn't say it's like uh, colorblind like you wouldn't imagine anyone other than a black woman in those roles mm. for other than like other than widows i think widows are the only film that's come out where you can like imagine it not being for black uh, not being two black women or be, it being four black women or it being for whatever combination of women you'd have in it and you'd be yeah. like well this largely doesn't change Mm-hmm. anything about the actual story i think my thing about colorblind or sorry just blind casting in film is um i guess how do you k- keep a story authentic kind of thing like how do you explain for example black characters being in this I'm not particular talk- space in in a yeah exactly in a particular space without then making reference to them being black and doesn't black, mean every yeah. situation you have to go and explain how a black person's in there but i can imagine that there's certain times when there are you know plot holes i think that's one of my biggest issues about it it it, 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 it seems like a a good idea on the surface of it but when you dig a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. it just comes across as are we then going to have uh disingenuous or unrealistic portrayals portrayals of black people on on the big screen yeah and is that necessarily you know helpful and the other issue i have i guess is as much as people say we're sick of um film starring black people having some kind of element of being black in them mm-hmm. what what are we tired of are we tired of seeing blackness depicted in in that way or are we seeing are we tired of i guess i i understand when people say that they're, they're they're sick of seeing black people in a space where they're suffering in mm-hmm. in in the theatric space yeah. I, in the cinematic space i totally get that i totally get that you know it's not always about seeing you know dead black bodies or grieving black bodies or you know black people just taking in that role but if we divorce ourselves from anything political and anything politicized as black people in the west our exist it's often said you know our existence is political and whether you want to believe that or not it's really the truth Mm. so do we not need to still be making stories about like police brutality for example or any other issues that are going on in the black community to the black community i think what i think what what might not necessarily it's not even really a qualm i think there's a space for both yeah let's be honest Mm -hmm. 
I think what the issue is now is that I think a lot of us just want to kind of just being those films that show us as just being normal, regular people. Yeah. You know, not being attached to, you know, this level of grief, this mm. hurt, this kind of like torture. Mm. We want to be seen as, you know, people that love too. Yeah. You know, we have love stories as well. You know, we have moments when we feel tired or mm. we, you know, we want to be surrounded by dogs. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, I mean, we're dog lovers. It's not like we're, you know, I guess we want to have those stories as well. Now, this is something that I was talking to with somebody in particular. And I can't remember the reason why I was talking about it. But when I wake up first, not to say that I don't know, I'm a, I am know I'm a black woman, mm -hmm. you know. But the first thing when I wake up is I'm a human being. Okay, okay. I want to catch you on that one, yeah? Mm -hmm. So when you, okay, so when you wake up, let me, let me flip it. Before you wake up, yeah, you mm -hmm. go sleep. What's one of the things you do before you go to sleep? One of the things I do before I go to sleep, um... I think about how stressful my life is. I do it as well. This is something I do it as well mm -hmm. because my hair is a certain length. So what is something that you do before? I hope you do it before you go oh, to sleep. Oh, put on my bonnet. Yeah, you oh. wrap your hair before you go to sleep. Well, I just yeah? put on a bonnet. Put, a whatever, bonnet. whatever. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You, you, you cover your head in some form or yeah. way before you go to sleep. And when mm -hmm. you wake up, that will come off. Yeah? yeah. This is the thing I'm talking about with authenticity in writing. Absolutely. Now, I, a white person is not going to write that in. They're not going to write these immediately identifiable things that let you know mm -hmm. that this is, you know, recognizably a black woman. If a black woman just waking up from bed and her hair in rap, I mm. myself will watch that and think, I'll instantly know but you'll a be, black person but didn't write that. In saying that, you'll be surprised that not everybody, and this is not me taken away from the story, you'll be surprised because. What, what are you going to say? Chum is like, what, what, what are, are you, you about say? to say? You'll be surprised not everybody's out here wrapping their hair. You'll be surprised. Trust me. Trust me. Like, people, it's not every, every it's not everybody that is wrapping hair. I'm telling mm, you okay. Some people are just like Do you know what Yeah I've got silk pillow I'm good Oh you're talking about Silk pillow crew I'm talking about Silk pillow crew But oh, at the same time Oh you're talking about Silk pillow crew That's a, no, 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 that's a different thing He, he doesn't want me to land then, He's not letting even, me land no, It's not about landing <laughs> But even then You have to That has to be in there And you have to understand Okay have they got Silk pillow Silk pillow Boom That's why they don't Rub their hair I guess so But I'm, what I'm trying to say Is that it, Like I think just as, and I don't want to play the human card, mm. but I think everybody's story is so different. Mm. And I guess what the question poses is that, I guess we can't sit here and tell everyone's story. I think if we try and tell everyone's story, it's just going to be kind of like, I guess what we're trying to, what we're trying to, what we're trying to do is play, try and, you know, make sure that the majority I guess the majority story is told. Yeah, well, what I want really is more than anything, authentic depictions of black mm -hmm. people on screen. So this is a super random example. I'm not, it's not about rapping hair and stuff, but it's seeing things that you question is that authentic. So this is genuine. In, this is not film. This is in um, a soap opera. This was in EastEnders. So if you remember in EastEnders, there was a character called Chelsea on there. Black girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Uh, something... Benjamin, I can't remember her first name, um, but she was like getting ready with one of her friends. Friend was white, um, trying on a dress as you know you do. She turns around and goes, "Does my bum look big in this?" Now I'm not being funny. I'm not being funny. But in our community, yeah, I do not believe in this is East London, yeah, mm -hmm. Wolford, East London. I don't believe that there's a black girl, black woman in her twenties. I think she was at that time, mm -hmm. late teens, twenties, who's concerned. When she's putting on her dress, that her, her bum, bum looks, looks big. True. I mean, that that is a kind of thing where you watch that. I and guess so. It immediately screams of inauthenticity. Mm -hmm. For me, blind casting couldn't work. But once you blind cast, for, this is what I'm trying to say. Once you cast a black person into certain roles, particularly in the West, um, you not that every time. It's not uh, big, huge things that need to be done to explain that. A character is black, or to show that a character is black, but there's certain things that I have seen. And that's not one example. I've seen other examples. Yeah, where I, I've I seen agree. A black character and kind of not 
got it. I've not got who this black person is. Mm. I'm not to say we're a monolith. I'm not saying that, you know, everyone, I, everyone has to, I don't know, sound black or whatever that means. But there are certain things that I just instantly identifiable to say that is who that person is. And those things come down to, yes, we're human, blah, 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 all that human stuff, whatever. But there are things in our everyday experience, in our everyday, in our everyday getting up, getting ready. That, that isn't are, necessarily the same as that Sally are different. or Joanna. Listen, listen, exactly. When you yeah. go to, do you know what? <laughs> One true story. When I was at university, yeah, living with all white people in, in the house and they were actually cool. Like genuinely, it wasn't one of those horror stories about white people. It's not going to be one of those. Um, my loofah scrubber thing, you know, when you, you yeah. that I use for washing, they were proper confused about it. Like they didn't know what it was, had never seen one. And then one of my, one of my housemates, how my girlfriend goes, um, yeah, this, the other black guy she knows who's Zimbabwean has that. And she goes, oh, is it like a Zambia Zimbabwe thing? And I was like, no, every black person every has black one of these. So these. how can you say that? You can't say everyone. And I was like, I can say that with the utmost confidence. Yeah, that's that definitely. Every everyone. black person has some form of this. Yeah. Um, and it's just little stuff like that. But, is the flip side of it then we need more of us needs to be making those stories and yes i agree we need to be more of us behind i think think a lot of us needs to be in those writing spaces those voices and that's why it's extremely important that you know your writers rooms your you know your directors your producers reflect you know, kind of like what potentially you are trying to make, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are potentially having a black character or if you're having a black person who's going to potentially play that character, mm-hmm. have someone come in, you know, to rewrite the script, a script editor where, you know, you're looking at this person. OK, you know, we didn't necessarily write this character as being black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know we are picking the right person we've got the right person now Mm -hmm. so let's go back to the writer's room and try and figure out you know certain kind of or make sure that we when it comes to the dialogue and there's certain things that there's it's authentic yeah you know there's space for that you have money for that Mm. and you know i i guess that's what i guess they're trying to cut corners and what we need to try and do is not cut corners and this is this is where the whole um we're human thing is important. It's important to acknowledge that, as nice as a thought, or that as nice of a thought that is, mm. it's not really realistic. Because if you go down the the line of I've written something, I've cast someone, they're black. Like, if you're part of the majority, you do not instantly recognize that people are different from you, live differently from you, uh, and it would take that for that step of acknowledging of mm. basically white people who work in the film industry acknowledging that actually these people live very differently from us their daily experiences are different from us even daily you know thoughts yes they're thoughts that i share that and you share that we share with you know white people from shropshire and stuff yeah. but then their thoughts that we share that they don't even ever have in mm-hmm. their life absolutely but they're their thoughts that most people we know in our communities will share those thoughts on an everyday basis. So mm-hmm. it's that that's that's my thing is that uh, along with all this talk about you know we should you know write people wherever they are and uh, Angela Davis saying it's revolutionary to see uh, an interracial relationship and then the film isn't is about it? that interracial. But this is what she said. But the film wasn't about, about that interracial. That. Yeah, so no. She just happened to be cast in that role. That's all well and good. I haven't seen the film mm. myself, but I'm saying is that a long term solution is that a long-term way to see and long-term it can get more black faces on screen i get that but i i just don't want to see black people on screen who are not a reflection of who black people particularly in the west actually are oh yeah yeah that's 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 my whole thing Hmm. but i want to hear what the what our listeners think what asom fam think what what's how how do we get more what's what's the answer to getting more black faces on the screen is it telling more of our political stories and, and realities? Because not every story of black, whether you want to call it struggle, whether you want to call it difficulty, whatever, not every tale has been told to death. You'd think about it, but pff, there's a hell of a lot more World War II films than they are films about any kind of black Way suffering. Exactly. So yeah. it's not like that's been overly told. Uh, is it um, more stories of us just living that have got nothing to do with that? 
is it uh, a mix of? But I guess most people think it's a mix of both. But then it's how does that happen? Mm. That's the thing. I think most people agree it's you know there's room for everything, and I get that. But how? How? That's I what think I'm also in. we've got to look at those people that are putting money into these kind of films, and what are they driven by? Exactly, because let's be honest, you know, Girl Strip, prime mm. example. You know, it's kind of one of those films that shows women. Mm-hmm. Older women who are a friendship group, yeah, who happen to go on a girls' trip together. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. That was backed by the people that said, "Actually, this is going to work. Yeah, we yeah, are yeah. going to make it a blockbuster mm. kind of thing." And it ended up doing that. Yeah, I think there needs to be a lot more people who have faith mm. that these stories, um, that we need to have more black women mm. as main characters. In kind of blockbuster films Because there's a space for that And you know Like I get it You're looking at it from a money perspective And how Mm. you can make money There is money to be made Because there's many films That have shown That have killed it in a blockbuster That have shown that Mm. So enough of kind of like Oh we're not sure Mm. Just trust Yeah the market And let it be Exactly the market exists The market definitely exists Do you get what I'm saying? Even same thing with like Okay, yeah, with Wakanda, 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 Black Panther is a little bit different, but the market exists. There mm. is people like us that are going out to see that. It's not only us; mm. it's also different races are going out to see. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, especially in the West, we're not numerous enough. Despite yeah, what exactly. some people tell you, we're not numerous enough. Yeah, we're not the majority; we're the minority. To, yeah, we're not numerous enough to make anything uh, a, a blockbuster hit here or even in America. Despite mm. what. Other people want you to think it's just not realistic. Mm. So that's that's another huge thing is is having that faith. Um, and why that faith doesn't exist, mm. which is a whole different question. Because the money gets made, the money has been being made mm-hmm. for years and years and years and generations. But we always come back to the same thing. And I think it's one of those things that we can probably revisit from a different angle at some point I'm, I'm later sure, on yeah. in the series. Because there's so many different angles. I think I was just sparked by this personally by... Uh, Angela Davis's comments and looking at the films that are out now, the black films that are out now, mm. and thinking, hmm, what's what's what is this? I wanted to just explore that a little. I bit. definitely didn't think about. I didn't really. Not that I don't care about interracial relationship, but that wasn't the first thing I thought about when it came to kind of seeing same. Liam Neeson and and, and, and Viola Davis. Viola, da- Angela yeah. Davis, Viola Davis. Yeah, I didn't really see that. I just thought, oh, this looks like going to be an interesting yeah. film. But you know she, I mean? like, she thought about that because yeah. obviously she's a black actress. She mentioned being a dark scene black actress. So it's very much something that was on the forefront of her mind mm. um, and something that was very real and present for her. So it's interesting, you know? Very, very, very interesting. But we Should have we, to move on Yeah we do Because time is pressing And we want to make sure we You know Give you everything Give you all, all Bang for your buck Exactly Absolutely Make sure you get Your your worth li- your, your listeners worth Your, your listeners worth Yeah, 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 yeah. Your listens worth right. Yeah your listens worth There you go uh, Yeah we got there in the end Praise Jesus Um, So I Do you know what Yeah I used to do this thing Called Opportunities Corner Yeah And I completely forgot um, but I'm going to bring that back for next episode Because I don't have any opportunities to call it this week um, But for next episode Because I remember towards the end of last season It was just me bringing up Kind of like any opportunities Writing, yeah. directing, competitions That you can mm. kind of go for You know, if you are a creative yeah. in the industry So I will definitely be bringing that back yeah. And hit us up on the socials If yeah. you're looking for talent as well If you're looking for black talent Black creatives Hit us up And yeah, you up with that retweet Exactly We'll yeah. share and, You yeah. know Do what we can But moving on to the sound waves So my first sound wave And this isn't necessarily Kind of a review I just wanted to kind of do Like a wrap up of it um, Because I went to go see it Yesterday And it's still fresh in my mind Yeah So I went to go see A small place mm. At the Gate Theatre um, and I actually took my friend, my best friend, who happens to be Antiguan. So for those who don't know, so the story is um, told from two characters who are based in Antigua and they to- talk about post-colonial, post-colonial Antigua mm. and what it has done to them mm. as a person, but also what it has done to Antigua. Yeah. Um, so it's um, the two... It basically stars um, Sherelle Skeet and Nicola Alexis. And it's kind of like, it's written by Jamaica um, King Candide. 
Kim Khalid. I can't remember. Um, can't really say her name again. You know me and my many words. Um, so the tagline is, what happens when a familiar place becomes strange? When the place that you once, when the place that was once home no longer feels safe. Fly us, fly with us to Antigua and experience the island like never before. And what I found interesting is that a lot of countries, not only in the Caribbeans, but also in Africa, mm-hmm. you know, what is their journey like after, you know, post-colonial... After, after, after gaining independence. Exactly. From the colonial powers. Exactly. So... A small place really tells on that Mm. And it kind of like Gives you the punches Mm. Of you know what this has done To Antigua specifically And the government You know Mm. the government The corruption and how corruption Has led Antigua to this place Yeah, And you know you know, Certain kind of races coming in That aren't Antiguan so you've got like The Syrians who've Mm. come in The Chinese or the Korean or the Indians That have come in Mm. you know to this island Because they've seen something And then they have more of an opportunity Of making money than the Antiguans living there and it just plays On the fact that it not doesn't play It really touches on on The facts And the figures of what slavery and what the Brits have done mm-hmm. Let's be honest You know, they've come in And do you know what, yeah There's a particular thing And I can't really remember word for word But they talk about the Brits hating themselves so much That they go to countries like Antigua Like, mm. you know, St. Lu- I don't know if they No, St. Lucia, was St. Lucia colonised by the British? Yes, it was, yeah Yes, St. Lucia French than the British, yeah Yeah, they go to these kind of islands Because they want to escape Britain, yeah, and then, but they then bring their Britishness, yeah, and then try to bring it on to yeah. the people from yeah. there. It's just kind of like you know, do you hate yourself that much? But you love yourself at the same time. It's a narcissistic, very narcissistic, yeah. uh, you know, approach about themselves, and it's yeah. so real. There were so many moments where me and my friend looked at each other and were just like, hmm, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's the tourist analysis. Oh my god. Even me, I was triggered because oh, yeah. <laughs> I was triggered because I was like, I'm a tourist. I'll be a tourist oh, sometimes. Yeah, we've, we've both been a tourist <laughs> exactly. in the West Indies, haven't we? So they recently. talk about tourists kind of coming in, taking pictures, being like, oh, this looks nice. Mm. And, you know, being this kind of tourist. And then the people of the land, the people, the Antiguans or the, you know, the people from there just looking at them thinking, you are just so ill-mannered. You're just so like laughing at you basically mm. because you're doing these touristy things and you think like, this is regular life to us, yeah. but you come here seeing this as being exotic and seeing it as being beautiful and they just kind of laugh at us. And I'm just like, rah, mm. I do the same thing, you know? Yeah, we all, everyone really does when do. they're on holiday, ain't it? And it's just kind of like, it, it really touches it. it I found it really, really interesting. Like, I love... It wasn't your conventional dialogue kind of like two-on-two, kind of like talking to each other. It was pretty much both characters talking to us. The audience. Talking to the audience, kind of giving us this kind of information about Antigua. And you'd learn quite a a thing or two as well. Um, So I would definitely recommend it, actually. Really, really recommend it. Because I wasn't too sure. I was like, hmm, do I recommend this or do I not? Uh, But no, I would absolutely recommend going to watch it. It's playing to the 1st of December at the Gate Theatre. And the Gate is such a kind of like, the setup. It's amazing what they can do in the Gate space. Yeah, very intimate theatre. Very intimate. I've been there twice and both times looked quite different. Yeah, and it's quite immersed. Three times, actually, yeah. And it's quite immersed. It's quite immersed, not immersed piece, but you get involved. So it's kind of set up in a library. Mm. Like it's an old kind of derelict library. Yeah. Um, They really talk about the library a lot. Mm. Um, And you're kind of like involved in certain things. Not necessarily kind of, you're kind of spoken to in your face. So it's quite immersed. Is that what you call immersed? Immersed, yeah. Yeah, so it's quite immersed in that retrospect. So I'll definitely go and see it. It stars um, um, Sherelle Skeet and Nicola, Nicola Alexis. There we go. Yes. You see, I can say their names right. You can say those names right, but yes. you can't say Jamaica. I would, I would go Kinsade with that one. Oh, Kinsade. Okay. I would, but pff, I'm probably wrong too. We tried. Um, song of the week? My song of the week, yes. Um, I've been listening to her. 
I've listened to her as well. Yeah. So she bought out her book. Can't talk. She bought out the part two of I Used to Know Her. Yeah. So she had a part one, which she released a couple of weeks before that. I used to know her, the prelude. Yes. And then she's bought out the part two. Yeah. Um, So my song of the week is from the part two album and it's called I'm Not I'm Not Okay. It's really kind of sad, but yeah. Sick to my stomach Four in the morning I can't sleep In another city I'm Worried about where you may be Feels like I've been here Stressing the things that I can't see Where do you go? What do you do? Without me So that was um, I'm Not Okay, I'm Not Okay by her. Um, I really love that track, actually, because it's kind of like, you know, it's one of those songs where it doesn't give you a definitive kind of like reason why she's not okay. And it's one of those tracks where you just kind of like... I can relate this to everything in my life. It's more about the emotion exactly, than the actual that, life, that, whatever that story. Comes, yeah, exactly. So it's one of those tracks that I really, really love. Um, I just love her anyway. Um, so I look forward to um I'm seeing her. Actually. Oh, are you? Yeah, Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, she's coming in February. Yeah. I'm 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 considering getting a ticket. Is it sold out? Um boy, I didn't check because I I probably will check. Yeah. I, I'm gonna bring the boyfriend along with me. Oh he doesn't we'll pity each other. How fun. Oh yeah. Are you going with your girlfriend? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you think I want to Valentine's Day what for one of my lads? Yeah, you yeah, what lads yeah, go and see me ever. Yeah, let's no, no, see no, me no, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. Okay, my one is so until maybe two days ago, it was a different song of the week. A very sad song of the week. But now it's not because Mariah came through. Um there's like five tracks off this album. There's only ten tracks in the album, but five could have been my song of the week. But this week it's a no no. A no no, I no no, a no no. I'm gonna go with a no no. Uh, off Mariah Carey's new album. Oh my god, that sounds like a bop though it's, This is what I'm saying This it album's like an actual like, bop <laughs> Yep, it's an actual bop ass A no-no by Mariah Carey Of her new album, Caution That's my song of the week Oh, that's dope Yep So that is us That's us for this week we, Yes We did good We did well Um Oh yes, okay So basically, sorry I was just looking at Charles She was panicked Because she thought I lost I, her You know them dongles That you people That headphone jacks have Exactly the, I, the iPhone The iPhone users She was thinking know. My journey home's going to be long It's nope, actually, it's actually it. not mine It's the producers But you know Oh is it? Yeah. Well, I was going to get boxed up um, um, Yeah, so it, that's That's been us Yep We did uh, it Yeah, so remember You can catch us On the socials Yes On Twitter Artistic S-O-M On Instagram Artistic S-O-M pod And on Facebook Artistic State of Mind I'm not going to be here For the next episode Oh yes I'm going to Thailand baby Oh my god he, Can you He's living life Globe trotting and ting He really is Me yeah, I'm yeah. still I'm still trying to reminisce On the Jamaica holiday From the summer My guy has gone Puerto Rico He's gone to the Caribbean yep. A little bit mm-hmm. And now man's going to Asia, Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm jealous. Clocking them air miles. Really are. But you'll be back in the studio in a couple of weeks, right? I will do. Indeed. I will be. Uh, I don't know who I'm bringing along, but we'll work some magic. I'm sure it'll be a great show. Yes, of course. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Yes. Peace. Later. Bye.